0: Hey everyone, this is Mike Dunn and you are back with the Rethinking EDU podcast. I'm so happy you're here. This is our 49th episode. We're here, me and Dr. Courtney Russell Jr. sit at the same table once again for our second ever um, in-person podcast recording. Um, If you've made it to this podcast, you probably listened to episode 48 also with Doc, um, where he talked a little bit about his life, um, what brought him from Atlanta to uh, medical school and then to founding of A2H2 and uh, WeUpCBO and all the side hustles he's got going on. But um, we couldn't leave the conversation with that mm-hmm. because um, we explored a little bit about how Doc's story kind of relates to learning and relates to school and what that means. But we didn't really explore what Doc's thoughts are about school. And especially as we're sitting here in this podcast, trying to reimagine, rethink, re envision, re whatever you want to talk about when it comes to schools, I got to tap into Doc's brain. And so, um, Doc, before we get into this conversation, how are you feeling since our last conversation?
1: Oh, man, feeling so good. I'm feeling energized. It feels really, I feel really blessed to have these opportunities to speak my truth, you know, and speak. Um, And just be as authentic as possible, which is how I love to live life and my activism and everything I do. I just want to bear my soul with every interaction. And I feel like and I thank you for allowing me to do that.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, listen, um, I want to get on the record here. Uh, Since you have a podcast, um, what are the chances, you know, zero being zero and 100 being very likely that I could end up on your podcast?
1: Oh, 100. 100, yeah,
0: yo, okay, I'm holding you to that, yeah, yo, listeners. You heard it right here. Yeah. I'll make sure to drop a link to um, the Humanized podcast in our show notes, and you'll catch me there one of these seasons. It might be season like seven because I know y'all are planners and you got <laughs> yeah, stuff like she, work, yeah, yeah, more Emily, than me, She's more than than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, just as a reminder, um, uh, listeners, so here on Rethinking EDU. Um, of course, we're always talking about people uh, reimagining, reenvisioning schools. We're talking with Dr. Courtney Russell Jr., um, originally from Atlanta, here uh, working with me at Eagle Rock School up in Estes Park. Um, Doc works on our residential life team. He um, is also an Aspen uh, house parent. House hose? House hose? <laughs> um, you come to Eagle Rock to visit, you'll learn all about our uh, house nomenclature here. But Doc and our um, two part Excuse me. Doc, in our second part of this series, we want to specifically talk about school. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the things we have kind of brushed alongside of in our last probably twenty episodes of Rethinking edu is around equity in schools. Yeah. Okay. Right. And um let's just get right into that. Like as you have transitioned out of the healthcare field, you're now here at Eagle Rock, right? Um, which is its own sort of unique experience, but what when i mention equity in schools to mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. what do you, what comes to your mind what do you think of
1: the lack of okay okay yeah 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 it does the, uh, it, uh, yeah. It, it, it's 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 non-existent okay um how which is exciting because now i have a purpose ah and so like when you talk about equity in schools it's like it, it it's something that is not happening right now yeah
0: yeah yeah okay and uh, so when you first started realizing that to be true Mm -hmm. was that through your own experience in school or was that through maybe like um some other experiences and later on and what have you
1: um later on and just the education that i was receiving um post med school on this activism walk Mm -hmm. you know seeing just all of the systems that have been created to have a con- like a perpetual oppression and suppressive act. Mm. Okay. Um, so
0: as you started becoming like more aware yeah. right of the existing yeah. systems and their desire to perpetuate oppression exactly. uh like K12 education yeah. comes into your mind. Yes.
1: Through my own education process I saw how education was inequitable.
0: I see I see uh-huh. okay. Because that makes sense, yeah. because
1: it's like when you gain more, not like like ignorance is bliss. Yeah, that, that, you yeah. know. And so like when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, so it's when like we
0: were talking about in our previous episode, right? Your the education is supposed to be or should be a means to liberation, yeah. right? Once you are liberated from um, your school experience, right? As James Baldwin talks about, uh, wow. he says that right. The way that you can really Start to understand learning and start to understand school is then the moment that you start to deconstruct and uh, kind of tear down the model of yes, school. Yes. Right. Hundred um, percent. I'm going to totally butcher that quote, but you, yeah, you get, the idea. get it. I get it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you you start to see school as sort of being just inequitable across the board. <sighs>
1: Across the board, not because people aren't trying, Uh across the board because the system is not allowing them to 100% be equitable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there are good individuals out there with great intentions, but the system as it is, is not built to really support every student. It's only built to support who is built to support.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a, let's take a maybe specific group of students and look at an equity issue within Mm -hmm. that group. Mm -hmm. Um, like I want to think about students who maybe have, uh, poor access to healthcare. Hmm. How does a school, um, from an equity perspective, not serve that student population? And the answer might be like very clear, but I still want to illuminate it just for our purposes of this conversation.
1: So if a student has is living in a house lead, you know, or if a student... Like lead in the water. Lead, lead, lead in the, the water, water lead or lead, lead paint. Paint, paint yeah. yeah. Like right there, their learning is at a deficit right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think how education is, is one of the systems that should, should look at a student, every student they have in a holistic standpoint. That's why you have free lunch free lunches because they're trying sure. to address like malnutrition yeah right but if you're not addressing everything holistically there's still deficits which are going to impede on certain children so if you come from an affluent background you don't have to care about that mm-hmm. just go to school and learn right you know right, right. and so those students may seem to be smarter however they don't have to Live with the other situation so if you're talking about a student who at home is dealing with the lights not being on Mm -hmm. they're dealing with again no food in the cupboards or they're dealing with um mom and dad have to work so much so they have to take care of their siblings like why would i care about homework Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so it may not be that they the student is not smart or what if the kid doesn't have wi-fi these days
0: sure yeah, it's a serious challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like,
1: you in all of these deserts, whether it's a Wi-Fi desert or a food desert or a healthcare desert, yeah. all of these create a type of environment that's not, like, hospitable for learning. And so now, now you have an education piece, you see FFDs, these FFFF, it's like, how do you even begin to approach one plus one equals two when... You're You're starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's, like, like, people shooting outside your house, people selling crack in, in the hallway. Like, you have to worry about um, individuals, like, mistreating you. Like, you, the last thing you care about is doing your math homework.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know?
1: And so, like, now, the next day comes, and you come to class, hey, Jimmy, have you done your homework? Nah. And the teacher's like, why would you not say you don't care about education? <laughs> right, right, you know, and right. so like now that's how it's in like is inequitable for yeah. some.
0: And Jimmy in that situation is not that he doesn't care. He can't care. He can't care. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the I difference. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're thinking about that, I think healthcare is is one that I I think it's easy for me to imagine. Right. Now. And I imagine for many of our, our listeners, it's easy for them to imagine uh, many of our schools don't have school nurses there, let alone a doctor at a school, mm-hmm. right? Um, because so the money
1: is economics. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pay a doctor to take care of this. Like, right, let me pay RN. Let me pay NP. Yeah. You know, let me pay those and those other individuals less. However, they're there once, twice a month, a right. week. You know, right. because the priority in their mind is educate, but it's not a holistic way. Uh-huh. You know, if we were being honest, again. If you're talking about an affluent child who from a fluent family, they have access to healthcare so they can go to their pediatrician. Yeah, that's right. Instead of an individual in, in the inner city who is like, I don't have time to deal with Jimmy's asthma. Now, Jimmy can't breathe. He misses some school because he's in the emergency room. Like, it's, it's, it's all intertwined. Yeah, yeah, now.
0: yeah. So, what you're suggesting is. Uh, maybe not schools but maybe um we need to pay closer attention to some of those things it's access kids can learn
1: it's access it's yeah. all everything is intertwined yeah when you yeah, have yeah, poor yeah. access to housing poor access to 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 food mm-hmm. poor access to health care mass incarceration is on all the, like your community is ravaged by like being over policed yeah all yeah. that goes in back into education because like and then
0: kids can't learn
1: kids can't learn yeah because that's not a priority that's not a priority yeah, and so like you are when you, you shouldn't have sold drugs. All right, cool. So you tell me, how else am I gonna eat? Drug sale. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether
1: you like, is, is it right? That's not a question. It's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it right or wrong for my kid? For now, my mom needs to pay rent, and I got heroin in my backpack that I can make sure that we can have a place to live. There's a no-brainer. It's brainer. a
0: life or death situation. It's a
1: yeah. So again, education is not a priority. Sure. When, sure. ironically, education is the only way that you're gonna be able to be liberated.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we're living for right now.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, maybe some of the areas that don't get enough attention. Uh, like one of those areas you mentioned already is like uh, community incarceration, mm-hmm. right? Um, where volumes of community members are incarcerated, which leads to, let's say multiple generations of individuals living in the yes. same home. Yes. or leads to family disconnects mm-hmm. or leads to one person having to work two, three jobs mm-hmm. in order to um, in order to just keep the family afloat yeah. right. So that's one I think good example well, one shit example of something that ha- that is happening. What are some other things that you think are maybe overlooked in the equity equation for schools?
1: I mean, we already talked about healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about after school situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because just because you have a brick and mortar and you're checking a box that a kid is not involved in truancy, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Because after school, like you said, a parent has three, four jobs. Now, in those communities, are there a lot of after school programs? Like, probably not, you know? So now I got to entertain myself.
0: Yeah. What are you going to do?
1: What are you going to do? Right. And so, like, again, everything is intertwined, but when, when you're more in the business of checking boxes mm-hmm. instead of really getting results, mm-hmm. this is what happens. And so like mm-hmm. you're not looking at it at a holistic standpoint. You're looking at it as, as if, if they are as if they're isolated events. Mm-hmm. Education. They go they went to school from from eight to three mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all they needed. Nah. Right, right. Like that's why affluent communities, they have the kids in the soccer, they have after school programs, they have tutors, because they can though.
0: Yeah, I think about after school program too as, uh, like for me, I was in Latchkey when I was growing up, right? Yeah. So I would like, uh, my dad was working an extra job and I would just stay after school. Yeah. Pretty much every day, yeah. um, until he got there, yeah. which oftentimes was like till five, five 6 yeah. p.m. Yeah, right. The, a good our school, I think, in elementary school ends around three, three fifteen. Yeah. So I was there for three plus hours yeah. after school every day. Yeah. Um, but it was a safe place. Yeah. I knew my teachers. I knew yeah. those people that were there. Yeah. Um, one of the issues I see in that, in terms of equity, is that. Uh, the people that are asked to staff after school programs are often the teachers themselves, yeah. right? So now all of a sudden your, your teacher workday starts at 7, 7.30 and goes until, you know, 6, 7 at night. Yeah. And that's super problematic,
1: <laughs> right? See, what's coming to mind now is you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. right? Now, teachers aren't getting paid what they're worth. So now they're just doing stuff just to make it through the day and now they have to they have to do other things to supplement income and teachers are living out of a car mm-hmm. there have been instances for that like yeah. that's not okay because again the you asked equity in healthcare or equity in education that's one of the things that's left out yeah teachers competitiveness like we're paying millions upon millions for sports sure. figures you know, yeah. and I love sports. I love NBA, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. but I don't think the person that educates my child should be living in a car. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like th- that goes to show you the priorities in our in our world in our country, yeah. because teachers by far should be making one hundred twenty two hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with lots of teachers being required to have master's degrees. You know, I would argue that teachers are one of the most overeducated, underpaid. Hundred percent. You know, groups of people 100%, 100% in, in the country. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Um, no matter at what level, like even a first grade teacher should be getting two hundred thousand dollars a year, up until like K through twelve. And if you're in the mm-hmm. um, college area, yeah, you, you, now we can argue about five hundred thousand this and that. You sure, know? sure. But like, a teacher should not be getting under the poverty line.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's not okay.
0: I uh, I don't remember if I shared this example on this podcast. We've done a lot of episodes, but one of the first um, classroom experiences I ever had was in this small Catholic school in uh, suburban Michigan, yeah. uh, just outside Detroit. Yeah. And I was volunteering there because a friend of mine was the principal of the school and he said, yeah, come along. Like, you know, we could, if you, we, if you want some experience, I'd love to have your help in the classroom. So, I'm in, I'm in this classroom, you know, yeah. there's like maybe 15 kids, it's pretty small, the school is pretty small, maybe only seven teachers, so oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was tiny, and it's a parochial school, Catholic school, so, you know, parents are paying tuition to go there, and so there's this amazing, uh, what grade was that, fourth grade teacher there, yeah. and she was like dynamite, You know, and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And so um, one day during lunch, uh, I was in graduate school at the time, and I was thinking about studying education. And and I said to her, so I don't want to talk about your paycheck if it makes you feel uncomfortable. But, um, you know, this is a profession I'm thinking about going into, and I might want to teach in a Catholic school. Uh, Is this like a lucrative job? Are you able to, um, you know, have a living for yourself? And she's like... Well, last year I made twenty two thousand dollars a year, and this was this was probably in like two thousand and six. Wow. Okay, so not that long ago, right? Twenty two thousand, and um, she said honestly, if it wasn't if my husband uh, was not having the good job that he did have, she's like, there's no way that I could be able to teach at a place like this. And so afterwards, I didn't think much of it at the time. I was like, oh, that seems low, like, you know, whatever. But as I've gotten more into education and I've thought more about, like, what it means to, to live in an equitable way and to have a fair income, this person was delivering dynamite lessons to these fourth graders who were having an amazing educational experience and she was making under the poverty line. Like, what?! <laughs> You know, it was absolutely mind blowing to me. So I think what you're talking about here is that like fully funding teacher salaries mm-hmm. yeah. is a critical aspect of equity of course. in education.
1: Because no matter if you're an amazing teacher, you mm-hmm. could be the Jordan of teachers. Yeah. If you get paid 20000 like you're going to pull back whether yeah. you want to or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because like you're, you're, you almost, if you're passionate about something. Yeah. After a while, you, you run out of passion. Yeah, and you need to and you need to feel your worth.
0: Yeah, what I, I say often, teachers' hearts can only bleed so much, right? And after a while, you just end up dead. Yeah, it, like almost literally. Yeah, to the point that we're seeing right now, where teachers are leaving the profession in in droves um, because of that. One one thing that you you and I talked about one time, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it, is a, around pollution
1: and mm. um,
0: school communities and what kind of impact. Um, from your point of view that has on learning or just school in general?
1: I mean, you're talking about environment and racism Mm. and you're talking about like pollution as far as where you live, um, the air you breathe, like the water you drink, how that affects you intellectually and your learning and your capacity to learn. Yeah. And so if you're breathing it bad air if if your home is full of cockroaches um and you're you get asthma and things of that nature like again i don't care to learn when i can't breathe mm-hmm. i don't care to learn if i'm like my stomach is hurting because my water is infected like yeah like i can't and so like people always think it's so simple as give them a school it has to be, again, a, a holistic approach to true education. Uh-huh. And I would rather not do anything versus do it in a way where it's not actually getting the results that on paper it's supposed to get. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like when you're talking about pollution, again, it always come back to the equity piece because if you're affluent, you're not gonna be okay with your kids living next to a landfill mm-hmm. And then and 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 breathing in all of the fumes from that. But if you don't have a choice, but you need your kids to get some kind of education, you got to take that risk.
0: Yeah, because
1: you don't have the money. It always goes back to economics. You (laughs) don't have to. You don't have the money to even have a voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an exceptional challenge, and I think about it in terms of. uh, just before I left Philadelphia to come here to Eagle Rock, um, there were a bunch of schools that were uncovering asbestos in their environments. You know, yeah, and having to spend multiple millions of dollars to try to repair buildings to remove asbestos. Yeah, and we know that that pollutant is absolutely toxic to to pretty much anybody. Anybody, yeah, over the long term. Yeah. Um, but what I think that you're kind of pointing us toward in terms of equity comes down to um, school funding and community priorities. Yeah. And I want to zero in on something you know a lot about, which would be healthcare in particular. And we talked about it a little at the beginning, but I'm wondering healthcare is expensive in the United States, mm-hmm. and um, having a nurse on salary at a school is expensive. Having a doctor on salary at a school would be very expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, What do you think is a solution to try to, um, like, mitigate those expenses? Like, how does a school? It has to be a community. It
1: has to be a priority.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, like the the first item on the on the budget. Yes. Yeah.
1: It has to be a priority. Okay. Because you can't. There's no mitigating that. It's like asking, okay, are you going to mitigate lunch? Yeah, you know, they like there's, there's people like, no, they gotta eat lunch, of course. Sure.
0: <laughs> so, but you're
1: going to mitigate healthcare?
0: Mm.
1: See, this is what I'm saying. Like, you have to reimagine what a priority is. Recess is a priority because they just want to run kids and have a good. Okay, cool, sounds good. Healthcare should be a priority. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing. Either you're going to do it or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like people talk too much around issues instead of saying, we're not going to do it. We're going to do this. Okay. So if you believe in equity, you should believe in everything that is going to allow the kid to learn. Mm-hmm. Health care, food. So there's no mitigating. There's no negotiating in those things. Yeah. True, when you're true about a problem, and an issue, there's certain things that's non-negotiable. hmm
0: Right, you need to be able to provide a space for a kid to feel comfortable. Yes. You need to be able to provide that space, well, feel comfortable in all facets of their existence in that school. 100%. Right? So they're not coming to school hungry, they're not coming to school unclothed, they're not coming to school without a decent night's rest. There we go. Um, so what you're, what you're suggesting, though, is that, number one, make it a priority, but uh, are there other things that you think in terms of our outside of the funding. Like if we were to fully fund health initiatives within schools, what else would schools do to in your point of view to try to help people be healthier?
1: <laughs> I mean education, like health literacy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, yeah,
0: what does that look like do you think?
1: Um not thinking that a child's too young to understand the importance of healthy, of nutrition. Okay. Right. You know, like making the funds available to have healthy foods in our, in our, in every school.
0: So you're suggesting like access to the actual food. Yes. But then also
1: education, the knowledge around that. Yes. And the deliverance, like those things should be Mm. pillars of every school. I see. I see. Okay. Like, you're not going to say, you know what? We live in a bad neighborhood. Kids can bring guns to school.
0: Right. <laughs> right. That's not negotiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? But just like we have to have a teacher, that's not negotiable. Kids just can't sit at school all day and chill all day. They have to have teachers. Yeah. That's not negotiable. Yeah. So it should not be negotiable if they should be healthy at school or access to health care at school,
0: and do you think that that should be?
1: you spend, of school? You spend most of your time at school. Okay, like so. Yes, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like you spend so just as important as a teacher is.
0: Yeah,
1: an educator should be. Um, healthcare should be just as important. Yeah, because if a kid is not healthy, if a kid is not eating, if a kid doesn't have access to healthcare, they cannot learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I assume when you're talking about health care, you're not only talking about physical care but also mental health
1: care. Mental oh, it, there's no separation.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We separate that as human like, oh mental health is separate. Yeah. Right. There's so many diseases and health situations and mental health that start because the yeah. body the body and the brain are one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it 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 always is like super annoying to me right when you're talking with people about their healthcare providers and then all of a sudden you have to talk about your teeth and your eyes as like different providers no. like who who once decided that eyes and teeth were different than the rest of your body,
1: money <laughs> right? money right money yeah. science. Money yeah, yeah, science yeah, yeah. yeah
0: so so we're pairing like mental health care physical health care literacy and well-being kind of all together in mm-hmm. one as a pillar of a school yes
1: and making it so that if you have to pay an NP good money, a yeah. doctor, it should be paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you pay healthcare administrators good money.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So does that uh, maybe suggest that maybe schools and hospitals can become partners? You have to. Okay.
1: You have to. I get see. This is what I'm. That, that's what I My my goal. Yeah. If yeah. you ask me what I want to see in the world before I die is a world where everyone has access to quality health care not just health care yeah um which would ironically take the money and like and 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 move it to a a better place and so that health care would not be as burdened as it is sure. because everything wouldn't be an emergency then
0: yeah that's right it, it's almost like creating like this uh grassroots preventative healthcare yes. space. Yes. Right. So like if we get into a conversation with a with a preschooler about eating healthy, and uh, then we continue that conversation for potentially 13 more years through their k12 experience.
1: Now right? we're addressing obesity. Now we're addressing right. pre diabetes, without even having to wait until they are obese. Uh, we are pre diabetic, you right. can say now, we almost cured that as a epidemic in yeah. the U.S.
0: And I wonder if that would um, also have like a kind of inverse effect on families too. Oh my so God. if your kid comes home and is like, hey, oh you know, uh, um, Courtney, we were talking about like uh, how pizza, eating pizza every night is really bad. Can uh, we choose to eat something else tonight? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, your kid is t- telling you that you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe we should switch up our our food option from this one to this one."
1: Oh, true. Or if you can't afford mm-hmm. to switch a few options, one healthy meal is better than none.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, if exactly. school
1: is a pl- see the thing about it, the thing about education is we act like individuals don't have don't get big funds for yeah. public school yeah, yeah right yeah. however we are more concerned with sports programs yeah sure right because that is we we want to be entertained more in America so now if you got Jimmy who is a great football star yeah like there's more money put into the program versus a math program mm-hmm. or a stem program
0: or in, or in this case right our healthy eating program our
1: healthy eating program yeah 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 So it's like it's just reimagining the priorities of education to make it more of a liberatory priority versus just let's get it through.
0: Yeah, it is interesting that uh, the more we talk about this, the more I think about like how many people in the United States right now feel held back in their life because of their health. Almost. Right. Like. Whether that's their physical well being, their mental well being, whether they're suffering from some sort of something, you know, they feel like, well, I can't be the best version of myself because I am limited by my asthma or I'm limited because I have to take these whatever kinds of pills, you know. When so much of that, um, so much of our work could be done. In schools to talk about what it means to live a healthy life and how much of that can be shared from young people with families yeah. or when those young people have families how that can trickle mm-hmm. down
1: again yeah. I agree I mean I, like I said I use healthcare as an entry point but education is what I'm passionate about because that's the only way that education truly saved my life Mm-hmm. And mine was the education of the human body. But I learned so much more about humans and life and and everything else more than I did with medicine. So I know that if individuals get ed- true education from a very young age, yeah, like poverty would begin to be dismantled. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so like... When, when you think about the community we come from, we think only way to really make it out is for the majority of it, if you can rap, if you can play sports. Mm-hmm. Because it is a great, like, if you're talented, you're pushed down that track. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if sure, you can sing, sure. if you can play ball, of course, 100%. But who is teaching you how to, like, financial literacy yeah, and health yeah, literacy yeah, yeah. and... Um, being like the the importance of like activism for for your community and and things of that nature, you know, and so those things are not prioritized because if we start to do that, we start to address white supremacy. Sure.
0: Yeah. 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 Because uh, right at its heart, uh, health literacy, financial literacy are liberatory, right? And when once people feel healthy. Are financially healthy whatever that might be all of a sudden you have a whole different outlook is changing field. oh my goodness yeah
1: options yeah, yeah that's see right poverty right. is the state when you're devoid of options yeah yeah right and so including, if you
0: and, and including in their hope
1: hope right? yes. you have no hope for any any options this is what it is this is how I'm gonna die this is life yeah. and so I got to make the best of it yeah and so like when you start to think money you have respect for a resource of money. Now you start to plan different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you think about your health. You're like, now I start to eat different because I got to live for my kids.
0: Yeah. And what, what I love that you just said is not that you're making more money. Mm-mm. You have respect for the resources. The resource. And what that can provide access to. Yeah. The same thing with your health. What you have respect for your personal health and an understanding of what it means for you as an individual to be healthy Yeah, you know I think that there's a one challenge that education kind of runs into is that it tries to kind of check all the boxes for everybody all at once right the like this size meets 60% or 70% of the students needs but when you're talking about health you're talking about such an individualized experience we all know as adults the first thing that you have to do when you go into any sort of healthcare clinic is sort of medical history, which is like, who's got what, when, and and as much as you can remember, share with us, because that is such an important blueprint to look at for your individual healthcare plan, right? Similarly, for young people, if we're able to teach young people about healthcare as a personal and personal liberatory experience, Then all of a sudden we're gonna start to see different kinds of results. Yeah, I think.
1: Um Yeah. I how can I say it? When when we study healthcare, it was not really created equitably. It's always like white people, white the white man is a standard Mm -hmm. that we should go through. And this is why clinical medicine is so important, because if you just read a book and that's what you think made a doctor, you'll kill a lot of people
0: hmm.
1: because there's so many nuances to that. So now when you talk about education yeah. and a one size fits all model, that's for a rich white man's family.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So now if everyone had the access to to everything that a rich white guy has, education would be great. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, because everybody has access to healthcare, housing, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, food, clean air, clean food. air. Everything. Well, everyone yeah. will be learning amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's right. Now,
1: when you talk about poverty, that's a huge wrench. That's now you you drop me down a whole bunch of rungs. Mm-hmm. So now it's like uh, I can't. I don't know how to read. Not because I'm stupid, but I didn't have a chance to because I've been dodging bullets up for, for the last 10 years of my life. Yeah, so yeah. now I'm in high school and I read at a fifth grade level.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, not because I'm dumb, but because like I had to stay alive. Sure. Yeah. And so now is the, the guy, the white kid or the black rich kid mm-hmm. who had everything access to, is he smarter than the black or brown or white kid? who had to grow up in poverty? Uh, You can't say that.
0: Yeah, you can't say that, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's fascinating to think about systems existing with a racial lens, right? And I think also fascinating to think about systems existing with a lens toward anti-poverty and anti-oppression, and I think about school a lot when it comes to that. School struggles already to be a catch-all for everything. And it's underfunded, Mm -hmm. right? Um,
1: But how is it underfunded when we could find trillions of dollars to give to Ukraine? Yes. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? There's there's priorities. We say, oh, education is important. Healthcare is important. We love people. Bro, come on, man.
0: Right. But if we go back to our initial premise of, like, what is the purpose of education? To liberate, right? Yeah. If we really wanted a liberatory uh, approach, Mm. or we really wanted a liberated uh, constituency, we would have funded education 150 years
1: ago. 100%. Yeah. But education is not for everybody, just like healthcare is not for everybody. Housing is not for everybody. Right. All these systems... Is not for everybody. Right. What's for, it's like, mass incarceration is for some people. Yes. Poverty is for some people. It is what it is. Yes. If we really want to talk about it, I only know one way to address the issue is to look at it, the ugly, uncomfortable truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ugly, uncomfortable truth is systems have been created and it's not for you to feel bad about. It's for us to say, it exists, now what?
0: That's right. That's right. We have to start by saying exactly what you're saying. Who is the end user for education right now? Hmm. Once we answer that question in full, with full truthfulness, as much as we can, right? Then we start to understand what's going on. Yeah. And start to understand what some of our issues really are.
1: 100%.
0: So that gets me to my, my last kind of question I have for you is that you've been here at Eagle Rock now what five years yeah yeah and uh you've been out of medical school for 11 years Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about and uh your life has made some significant shifts along the way twists and turns yeah for sure and I'm wondering like Eagle Rock is a really unique place Mm -hmm. I've never been to a school like Eagle Rock yeah um and Uh, along your path I assume that you haven't been to many schools like Eagle Rock never so being here and being immersed in this environment what are some of the things that this place has kind of taught you about school and made you maybe rethink about school
1: Ooh, Eagle Rock what keeps me coming back every year is potential like there is a I I would argue to say there's not too many educational systems that have so much potential like Eagle Rock does. Mm-hmm. You know, and with the freedom to fail, it's almost like yeah. at Eagle Rock they welcome failure. Right, right. It's like right. saying come here to fail so that you can learn how to be, yeah, not to be like this. It's like to be dot dot dot. You can like insert what you want to be. Like, so, you you have the, the the place where you can not have to have a persona. Like, where we come from, you got to be something. Mm-hmm. You can't be like that. That's not what we do. At Eagle Rock, it's like, what do you want to do? Go do that shit then. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Hey, it's like free of judgment. Yeah. To me, that's the beginning of a type of education that's liberatory. That's yeah. why I fucking love Eagle Rock. Mm-hmm. And... I don't care. Every system has places and, and pl- things that you can do to make it better. Sure. Right. But I had never. And, and even when I leave, I will always love Eagle Rock because they allowed me to feel a type of love from students that I would have never that I had never felt in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you just I have access to individuals that I can be for them what I wish I would have had at 17 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even so, like it's just such a rarity to have so much potential. It keeps coming back to that, a potential for growth, a potential for learning, a potential to create. Whatever you want to do, you come to Eagle Rock and there's access. There's a way to do that. There's a path to do it yeah and yeah. so like that's honestly what i am in love with Eagle Rock for and
0: how does that translate to other schools though i mean <laughs> money to be honest yeah, yeah 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 eagle rock we don't pretend to be underfunded at all that's we it are, you um, want to do
1: something bad enough oh, give me give me a couple give me, give me a month yeah
0: yeah that's right that is rare yeah
1: you know and so like the limitations and the barriers that may exist at other places the barrier of finance may not exist here, which also gives you a different type of responsibility. Yeah. However, it's a huge blessing, you know? And so like, that's-
0: I I think about some of the things that are uh, like, downplayed at Eagle Rock that are not downplayed in other schools. Um, You know, I jokingly talk about dress code at Eagle Rock, which which for all your listeners out there doesn't exist. No. There's no dress code here. And what's funny about that is that students typically don't wear inappropriate things. No. They don't wear clothes that are too revealing. Mm -hmm. They dress comfortably pretty much all the time. All the time. You know? And what's also interesting about that is that at Eagle Rock, you could wear the same outfit every, day. every single day. I do. <laughs> and <laughs> Yes. And no one cares. No, no, no. one cares. And I'll, I'll tell you, my last school, we would have conversations about um, dress code, and it would just eat up hours of our school planning time of our arguments yeah. of what have you. Yeah. And and I'm, that doesn't really connect the, all that well to the, you're talking about um, like funding of schools and like uh, why it's important to fully fund schools and like why our, what our financial, uh, I guess, backing allows us to do. But I think it's one of those things that I look at at Eagle Rock very clearly, which is how much time do we talk about dress code here? Zero. Zero zero what else do we talk about instead of dress code hundreds of other things yeah. that schools could get concerned with and really tackle that have nothing to do with dress code yes now all the like no excuses school listeners out there might be saying well how do you teach students to dress up like you know there's important days to wear a suit and a tie and mm-hmm. whatever we do have those days yeah. at Eagle Rock, yeah. right? We have our presentations of learning at the end of every trimester, and students show up and they look nice. Very much. They look nice, yeah. And that almost proves the point yeah. that
1: when it's time to show up, to people show, show up. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I think about that as one lesson I I notice about Eagle Rock a lot, and um, what something I appreciate. What's something else for you?
1: again, it's agency. Mm -hmm. Like when you get to pick your own class, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and it's almost like staff have to audition (laughs) for classes here. Right. You know, like the power is in the student, which it should be just like in the hospital, the power should be with the patient. And it's not. Yeah. Like there's no agency for, for the most part. A good doctor creates that kind of environment but it's not like the normal like the normal state yeah, yeah and so at school here at Eagle Rock it's normal for us to get around hey please choose me please choose yeah, me that's right. please yeah, choose- yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's dope yeah. you know what I mean like it's like it's, I mean where are you gonna do that
0: Yeah, yeah. For listeners, we, every trimester, we pitch our classes to students as instructors. And uh, it's like this whole thing that, like, you have to make your class sound interesting for students to take it. And if you don't have a class, um, there's not... Our director of curriculum doesn't exactly say, well, you don't have a class, you know, you, you should think about your crappy pitch. Yeah. But... I think everybody thinks that. Yes. Everybody's like... 100%. 100%. (laughs) Everybody's like, well, my my pitch must have been shit. I should probably work on that.
1: (laughs) But that's how it should be, though. Right, right, right. We should be tap dancing because if we don't have students here, we don't have a job.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So if I don't have a patient, I don't have a job. So it's my job to... like, Essentially, you're an (laughs) entertainer. If no one likes your music... You're not a singer. Like <laughs> I don't. If you suck at at sports, yeah, no one's you, coming to the games. Yeah, you're like, not
0: going pro. Yeah, yeah. That's what i like. <laughs> so
1: why do we feel like, yeah, they they you gotta be here. You don't have to do anything. Right. We it's our job as educators to make education sexy. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think I've talked early in this podcast series about the like damning nature of compulsory education
1: Mm. that uh
0: what happens if you say to families and students that like your kid doesn't have to come to school if they don't want to you know or if you don't want your kid to come to school they don't have to but right now it exists that our school your your your, it school's mandatory right and i think that you could end up with super challenges there you know some families and, and students would be like okay my kid's never going to go to school, right? But then some families and students would say, do you want to go to school? And then all of a sudden, the kids that show up are a different kind of student, right?
1: You know, ironically, if you said that, I believe that most people would want to go to school, yes. given the right. Yes, yes, Because, yes. like, first off, what else the hell are you doing? Right. <laughs> also, if all your homeboys and homegirls in school...
0: Then you're gonna go, to that's school. the place to be, yeah. That's you true. know what I mean.
1: And so now, if we make it like, shit, I don't know what you're doing, but it's cool to be in school, yeah. That's the mission I'm on. Yeah. I want to look like, yo, I go over there reading a book <laughs> and, and talking shit uh-huh. like you come to me, let's talk politics. You don't think I will because my hat to the back, or I'm wearing a whole hoodie, and I'm breaking down. Legislation and this and that, like, oh, that shit was dope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he read this book. He's referencing this. I gotta do that. Yes, that's education. The whole game. That's ele- yeah. That's what it is. It's, but if you make it like you gotta do it. See, freedom is a weird monster, though. Uh-huh. Like when you say you're free to do whatever you want to do, people most of the time do good shit. That's
0: right. Yeah, that's right. But when you
1: say No, you have to do it. Now it's like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because as humans, we're always like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. Sure. Don't. Yeah, you have to wear a mask.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Ugh, I don't want to wear a mask. Now you take away my freedom. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But if you just said, you know what, guys, this is what it is. You will die. COVID would have been a different thing. It wouldn't have been a freedom situation.
0: Yeah, not at all. So that's a
1: whole nother thing. But I'm, I equated to that because, like, with education, if you said you're free to be educated the way you want, versus you gotta do this twelve years, you gotta graduate high school, you gotta go to college. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, oh, all right. But if you said, yo, know, you know what? All the kids in the neighborhood, they're reading books. They're going to school. Now it's like you have having a sparring. Like, oh, did you hear that the stocks are up this and that? And that's the yeah. third grade and the fourth grade are talking like that. You're yeah. like, oh, shit. But that, that's what affluent communities do.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: They make it so that it's like it's a cool it's thing. It's a cool
0: thing to do. Yeah.
1: My uncle is trading stocks, and he just gave my little six-year-old something. Now, now by the time they're 15, 16, they set up for life. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 the move.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a student many years ago whose family member gifted them a bunch of cryptocurrency early on, um, and that student is doing just fine in their yes. life yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Although, uh, don't listeners don't take that as a you know endorsement to invest in the cryptocurrency <laughs> yeah. market, which yeah. is acting a little funny these days. Yeah. But I I I think that um, this idea of making education not compulsory is an interesting one it's partially a psychological trick but also partially a um something that's happening i think today particularly in rural and low-income communities there's a lot of um uh like conversation that i've heard from educators in those communities who are saying that like kids are coming to school and being like why this isn't cool like why am i here Mm -hmm. and the thing that I need to do is go and make money for my family. You know, the thing that I need to do is go and do this thing that is a priority in my life.
1: Because you haven't holistically addressed education. That's right. That's right. That's why it's like I got to prioritize a life where I can live mm-hmm. versus learning how to read. When learning how to read is going to elevate your life and allow you to thrive. So when you don't address it in a holistic way, you make a decision for someone else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of giving them the freedom to choose education.
0: Yeah, that person is in poverty, right, or experiencing poverty, and their choice has to be, I have to help my family come out of poverty.
1: Which continues poverty.
0: That's right, that's right. Oh, or gets you incrementally above the poverty
1: line, but you, you're still in poverty because there's really not hope for you to thrive because you can never be affluent without education. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, going to school because yeah, I'm not right, saying a right, degree. Right, 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 right. Let's, let's please put it like yeah. you can be educated without a degree.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: Because there's, there are some billionaires and millionaires that are not doctors, lawyers, businessmen, this, and I mean, they're businessmen and women. However, so I'm not saying you got to go to college traditionally mm-hmm. to, to be educated. I'm saying without education, you can never really escape poverty.
0: Yeah, 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 that's right. Without education and learning and risk of some degree, you it, it would be very hard. Luck.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't luck. see it even happening <laughs> with luck because you. It's a mind it's like poverty is a more of a mindset because you can have a lot of money and still live in poverty. Sure. Because your mindset is of such as like, I don't I'm living like this, I'm a die like this, so I'm gonna make very poor decisions, and -hmm. you can have millions upon millions of dollars and make poor decisions that have no that's that's not good for your family, your legacy, your everything. And so like you're still living in poverty. Yeah. And so don't equate me saying poverty as uh, economic situation poverty is more of a mindset mm-hmm. and so if you live in a mindset that i don't have to care about you i don't have to care about my health i don't have to care about my family i have a million dollars i'm gonna take care of me i'm gonna mm. disrespect i'm gonna have sex when i want to i'm not gonna wear condoms i'm gonna be out here just live though going by every like just everything I want to do right now instead of thinking about a consequence
0: yeah you're in poverty yeah
1: and you're not educated on why that's deleterious to your life and the life of your family sure. and so like that's poverty I get you versus yeah. I'm poor I'm poor right right yeah. very different because you're poor you can be in Harvard and be poor sure yeah
0: yeah, yeah. but you're in poverty because right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want to end on one note um, that I think is interesting. I hope listeners for y'all to think about and that um, I think about often here at Eagle Rock is we've had a great two-part conversation here, Doc, and I can't all, I can't help but think about how important it is to get the right people in positions in schools to work with kids if our head of school didn't happen to be hanging out at that starbucks in estes park a bunch of times and notice this guy oh
1: it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't head of school oh okay it was if just it, like employee yeah employee, yeah yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah it was, if yeah. that
0: employee wasn't yeah. hanging out at the starbucks i think the story still stands right yeah. if the employee wasn't hanging out at the starbucks in estes park and be like who is this guy sitting here with all his books and his yeah. 27 cups of coffee yeah. and his ipad you would have never ended up here yeah right yeah. but the reason why you would have ended up here wasn't because you don't it wasn't because you shouldn't be working with youth you should be and i hold that to be absolutely true every time i hear you talk to young people i hear you engage in our community but what i don't what I think that schools struggle with a lot often is getting the right people in the door, getting the right people in the space to build the community that they're looking to build. And we've spent a long time here uh, at Eagle Rock in the last couple of years trying to rehire mm-hmm. people uh, who we had a, a fairly large like buyout from um, the American Honda Education Corporation, and a bunch of people left. And, uh, we've been rebuilding the staff one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder what your thoughts are about, like, why it's so important to get the right people for schools to get the right people in the door.
1: It's, it's hard to know the right person at an interview, yeah. you know, but it's important to get the right people because how do you win a championship with the wrong team? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you, you can't win a cup, you know, you can't win a ring. It's, it's, if me, what if I was trying to play in NBA finals right now with a tour Achilles or even an NBA, Yeah, yeah. you know, (laughs) like there's no way. And I was a starter. Yeah. You know, like there's no way we're going to even compete. So how do we compete for the minds and souls of students if we don't have the right personnel, the right team, you know? And so I feel as though, when you prioritize the right things, the right people will come. Mm. So if you prioritize, nothing else matters but educating our students in an authentic way. Because because we deal with black, mainly people of color or marginalized students, that doesn't mean the personnel has to be all black people or all brown. No, it doesn't. But what it does mean is everyone has to be on the same accord when it comes to liberatory education. Yeah. And knowing that what is a A non-negotiable. like So you have to be very explicit when you're talking to people about coming to Eagle Rock, talking about the expectations, talking about the limitations, talking about what can be done, what's not available, what is here, Mm -hmm. and then let the chips fall where they may. You know, and so like there's always a transition period, (laughs) you know, there's always hard times. (laughs) Yeah. But you would rather navigate hard times than have a lot of nothing. So you have every staff position filled, but hardly none of the staff is equipped to deal with the demographics that we have here. And now who is being affected? Not the staff who's going to paycheck. Yeah. The students. Students, right. And so, it's just being again, being unapologetic about the why,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then letting the chips forward in me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of schools struggle with that, mm-hmm. and and there's a couple of reasons I would argue that's the case. One of them right now that we're seeing is there's just lack of access to teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, and teachers are leaving the profession in droves right now. Um, if you doom scroll Twitter like I do, you know, once a day, just You could see all the people that are like applied for my other non-teaching job today because i'm ready to leave education and so it's hard for schools to be selective about who they bring in but i would argue that if you don't get the right people on board then like
1: it comes back to economics though if you're not if you're gonna pay somebody twenty thousand dollars yeah nowadays after the pandemic to deal with what has come up now with education with the students like you're gonna admit, lose yeah, you're everybody. you're not
0: gonna get anybody on the door. So
1: this, yeah. disapp- like, so reimagining yeah. education financially too, is gonna bring talent. It has to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you posted a job and said I'm gonna give my teachers first through twelve grade hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Sure. Yo.
0: You get all sorts of people applying for that job.
1: <laughs> now <laughs> you have your pick. Oh, damn! You taught here. You did this. You did this. You did this. That's yeah. that's dope. Let's go. You'll get the... But if you get $20,000, you might get somebody who is desperate, like, dying. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. But right, then right. they don't care. Yeah. And again, who gets affected? Our and students. they're going to
0: leave in a year. Right? As soon as they get some more experience, they get maybe else. get something else. Yeah. You don't right.
1: want a part... This is not a part-time job. No. We're not fixing cars here. No.
0: No.
1: So, that's. it's like you have to be realistic about what's going on. If you have to hire less teachers and pay more, that's what you may have to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of moving parts to that. A lot. That are, that are challenging. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like financially, <laughs> this goes back maybe to the main theme that I've had throughout these entire, you know, 49 episodes of this podcast is like, if you don't fix school funding, then you're not really going to fix much of anything. No. But I think what you're raising here in this last episode in particular um, is also... TG for liberation and liberatory education is um, not just about fully funding schools, but it's about the priorities. Mm-hmm. Set priorities straight, like health and wellness of young people, like uh, health and wellness of staff. You know, there it is. Then you're you're going to. You're going to make some different kind of progress when it comes to community well-being, when it comes to addressing poverty, when it comes yes, to yes. addressing all of those. Hundred percent. Listen, Doc, this has been a pleasure. Man, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we usually end all of our previous episodes ends with like uh, our guests get an opportunity to plug something cool. Um, so I've already plugged yeah plug everything yeah we up I plugged um, Humanize, Humanize. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah we're good Give us one other cool thing that maybe you're involved in or someone else you know or oh, something man. else you've been enjoying recently something that you'd like to plug for all of our listeners out there who are like yo this this Courtney Russell jr guy he's pretty cool I'll check him out what else what else should they check out
1: I mean they should check out reimagine edu.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait wait wait
1: yeah you like that yeah, I throw it back on you that's yeah. rethinking rethinking
0: thanks yeah Yeah, so I'll mess oh, it up y'all no
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll I, I mess it up um, to be honest man you, you got everything that I'm doing um, I just I'm really blessed to be at a stage in my life where I can have these platforms and these opportunities to speak to other brilliant minds like yourself and, and, and talk openly and candidly about this these kind of systems mm-hmm. with education being one and healthcare being one we spoke on primarily with both of these episodes and so i mean we already did it my for-profit my non-profit my, i mean my podcast i think that's like uh, that's that's taking all my time these days that's it
0: what's one book that you've been reading recently oh that that's it yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah um i'm reading them four but um <laughs> fatal invention okay it's talking about how race is an invention that's created here in the u.s and yeah. so like i'm really loving that book i yeah. just finished um medical apartheid i'm reading 1619 over again yeah um a lot to get in there yeah so like i i I try to read i try to go through four books a month um because if i'm speaking on these kind of things i i need to i need to know you know and so because i'm fighting for a culture and i got to show up every time and i take it really serious like this wasn't planned episode and i'm talking to you so I, I was nervous you know so i had to come i had to come right with education i just finished a book by bell hooks called teaching to transgress, transgress. Yeah. and it's it was amazing yeah, yeah. it was amazing yeah. like she yeah she she did that yeah, yeah. you know and so like it, it's it, it's it's a bible and like it was it was amazing and yeah, so like so those are the books that i've i've, I'm, I've touched recently so that's yeah.
0: awesome yeah. And listeners, we hope that you've loved these couple of episodes um, and check back. Uh, sneak peek that we've got our 50th episode coming up. Um, i got a couple announcements going on with that episode. So make sure you, you uh, keep listening. Through the 50th episode. And if you're super stoked about this content and about the rest of our content that we produce on Rethinking EDU, you can head on over to our uh, Patreon page. You can hit up, re uh, sorry, it's patreon.com slash Rethinking EDU. You can also check out our newly minted newsletter called the um, rethinking EDU thought thread. That's rethinkingedu.substack.com. Or you can check us out at rethinkingedu.co where you can find links to all those things. Listeners, Doc, it's been a pleasure. And uh, as always, keep rethinking EDU. Thanks.
1: Peace.